You may find your vehicle sailing downstream and yourself stranded in a cottonwood tree, if you're lucky. You may also find yourself dead. People do, all the time. Rainy Sundays are good for serious indoor pursuits, and that's what was going on at our house. McQuaid and I were sitting over coffee at the kitchen table, pursuing a discussion of something that had happened earlier that day. Brian was in his room upstairs, pursuing his interests across the vast reaches of the Internet. And Howard Cosell was stretched across my feet, his paws twitching as he pursued rabbits across the landscape of his dreams, with an occasional muffled yip of alarm when he actually managed to catch one and had to figure out what to do with the mouthful of fur. McQuaid went to the counter and picked up the coffee pot. "'Well, I suppose you can understand why Ma keeps raising the subject,' he said, comfortable now that he had made the apology. "'She's got a certain investment in babies. After all, I'm her son. My kids are her grandkids.' He poured, added sugar, and stirred, while I eyed his profile. Tall, dark, lithe, and lean-bodied, with the shoulders of a college quarterback.' Craggy face, twice broken nose, once on the football field, once in a fight with a crazy drunk, a jagged scar across his forehead, a relic of an encounter with a doper. Not quite handsome, but close enough. And sexy. Ah, yes, sexy. I pulled my attention back to the conversation. My kids are her grandkids? I repeated. That should be singular, shouldn't it? Your son is her grandson. That is, unless you've neglected to tell me about a chapter or two in your checkered past. Of course it's singular, McQuaid said. He opened the refrigerator and began to rummage among the leftovers. You can't really blame Ma for coveting a few more grandchildren, can you? Her grandmother had a whole slew of them. Thirty or something like that, and twice as many great-grandchildren. Ma must feel like a pauper in comparison. I shuddered. Your mother's grandmother had ten children. She never heard of Margaret Sanger. Anyway, Jill is going to produce a grandchild in six months. That should take her mind off us. I sincerely hope, I added fervently. It probably won't. McQuaid said. When Ma sinks her teeth into a project, she's like a coyote with a leg of lamb. The devil could goose her and she wouldn't let go. He took out a plastic margarine tub. What's this? he asked, opening the lid. It's a dead frog, I said. Brian is planning an autopsy, I added with a grin. Probably wouldn't taste very good. While McQuaid is contemplating his son's autopsy subject with some distaste, I'll take a minute to introduce us. Mike McQuaid, formerly a Houston homicide detective and currently on the criminal justice faculty at Central Texas State University, is my husband. We've been married almost two years now, after dating each other for a long time and living together for a while on an experimental basis to see if it would work out. 
We live about a dozen miles from town in a big Victorian house that a previous owner named Meadowbrook. And since the house site includes both a brook and a meadow, the name seems to fit. I've turned part of the meadow into a large herb garden where I grow popular culinary herbs like dill, marjoram, and parsley, which I tie into fresh, fragrant bundles and sell in my shop and to the local markets. Brian is McQuaid's 14-year-old son by his first wife, Sally, who drops into and out of our lives like a whimsical bad fairy. He's a smart kid whose current passions include spiders, snakes, lizards, and girls. Not always, but mostly in that order. He says he's going to be a biologist when he grows up, and judging from the live collections in his bedroom, I'd say he's already on his way. Howard Cosell is McQuaid's crotchety basset